Let's Do roll. It. Let's roll. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 197, Wait July 24th, 2019. It was 104 degrees on this day in 1941. Mm. No aquaside to keep the beach free of weeds back then. And 49 degrees on this day in 1891. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. A bicyclist died in Minneapolis last night. Yeah. I heard that. And I went through uh, every site of the local news gatherers, and every single site uh, corroborated the fact that the cyclist, a male, blew the stop sign and was killed instantly. Okay. This was over on the north side. This was Dowling, Dowling. Humboldt yeah. at 11.45 p.m. Upon arrival, officers learned a vehicle was traveling westbound on Dowling, while a male bicyclist was traveling northbound on Humboldt. After the bicyclist failed to stop for a stop sign, police said he was hit by the vehicle. Police said the bicyclist was reported dead at the scene. The driver of the vehicle involved in the crash is cooperating with authorities. The driver was not hurt. Police said there is no indication alcohol or drugs were factors in the crash. I presume that means... Uh, of the uh, on the part of the automobile driver. Got it. Right. I don't know. The victim's identity will be released by the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office. Okay. I, I wonder. Uh, it's a tragedy, and that's a shame. But you have to stop for the stop signs. If you want to live, yes. If you want to live. I wonder if the cycling, uh, if the Twin Cities bicycling uh, community <laughs> will ghost bike it. Try to ghost bike it and make this fellow a martyr in their in their belief that we must use bicycles more. No, you got to stop for the stop sign. Mm-hmm. I've seen bicyclists blow through stops. Yeah. I've oh, seen bike, all, all bicyclists all blow Constant. through yeah. red lights. Yeah. You guys oh, drive oh. through campus at all? Never. It. I will take that home once in a, or take that route home once in a while just because it's quicker if the freeway's backed up. It happens all the time. I'm surprised there's not one there every day. And not only that, they come down on you if, if you don't yield to them yes. when they're breaking the law. Yep. Yeah. Well, I've seen it, uh, and uh, imagine, imagine how this motorist must feel. Oh, crushed! It's got to right. just be, you know, mm-hmm. that's ruining, ruinous to. Well, horrible timing. But you know, GLers would stop for the stop sign. John, you used to live up there. So did I. In that very neighborhood. Yep. Uh, that's uh, where Dowling runs between the uh, city park and the cemetery. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that no. now would yeah, be a no, good time. No, no, I'm I trying to call you off there. I'm trying to say no. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, not now, Joe. Right. Yeah. yeah. Give it 10 They're minutes. trying to get me to do an EcoFund. <laughs> Let's hold off on that. No. Put that back My friends bottom. at EcoFund in Forest Lake, they, well, there's no way in hell they endorse that kind of behavior. Of course not. Of course not. They're safety experts. Might as well tell you about them because look, you know what? Well, no, let's, let's hold off. You, you know what? Before you do that, you dumbbell Matthew, yeah. have these guys come down and pick that piece of crap scooter up that hasn't run in ten years. Good point. They'll bring it back up there. Yeah. They'll get it road ready. You really should, and bring it back to you. Other than, it's pretty or, easy. Either than that, or why don't you just get rid of it rather than be a klutz? 
Klutz is kind of my forte. <laughs> it's it's what you specialize it's in. Thing. It's what I know. It's, it's your my, deal. My, my, my zone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's a good angle. We sh- I should next time he's in town, I should say, come and pick this up and take a look at. But it. But he is from what I hear. Every day he's, he's in town all Tim the time. Tim Blue or his people make a daily run through town. They got the truck. They pick stuff up. They fix it for you and they take it back. Or bring it back to you. You, 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 I, you driving me Don't crazy. Work on that 2003, <laughs> and Yamaha they sell Yamahas. Yeah, so, so they're I a Yamaha them. dealer. They have the uh, they have the knowledge to take care of you. This is EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. It's where I got my Bentelli e bike, and I'm careful. I stop at stop signs. Right, I obey the laws. Uh, at EcoFun, they sell uh, scooters, mopeds, youth ATVs, youth snowmobiles, full service department. Just a fantastic operation, and Tim Blumen or one of his people, uh, they'll arrange to pick up whatever you need work done. They'll pick it up and right. bring it back to you. All right. Uh, full line of Yamaha and Bentelli e-bikes. The uh, the e-bikes are fantastic. Five levels of assist, or just use a thumb control and cruise on your own without pedaling. Uh, and no other store in Minnesota offers an on-the-floor display of electric bikes that compares to what you will see at EcoFun. And at EcoFun, you will not pay the crazy prices they charge for e-bikes at shops that exclusively sell bicycles. EcoFunMotorsports.com. I have had a I have had a long-standing theory that those who are now ruling from the salon, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, do not have children in mind. Uh, when they uh, uh, create their new visions for the future of the city mm-hmm. and how we must behave. Uh, and some of my thinking has been corroborated by a piece I read in The Atlantic uh, by Derek Thompson. It's called The Future of the City is Childless. America's Urban Rebirth is miss- Missing Something Key, Actual Births. Wow. So I thought this is a piece that uh, statistically uh, corroborates my my belief that uh, children are are, uh, diminished in urban planning and by those in the salon. But he doesn't get into policy or politics in this. This is more this is a more uh, look at, uh, for example, New York is the poster child of urban renaissance. But as the city has attracted more wealth, housing prices have soared alongside the skyscrapers and young families have found that staying put with school-aged children more difficult. Since 2011, the number of babies born in New York has declined 9% in the five boroughs and 15% in Manhattan. At this rate, Manhattan's infant population will have in 30 years. In that same number, uh, same period, the net number of New York residents leaving the city is more than doubled. Uh, and then I also circled this. In high-density cities like San Francisco, Seattle, and Washington, D.C., no group is growing faster than rich, college-educated whites without children, according to census analysis by the census analysis by the economist Jed Kalko. By contrast, families with children older than six are in outright decline in these places. In the biggest picture, it turns out that Americans, America's urban rebirth is missing a key element, births. And it goes on to say that uh, cities once were a place for families of mm-hmm. all classes. And, yes? I have a question. Yes. Um, and do you feel, and does the article say that it's for what you've been uh, contending for a long time, that this is the way the city planners want it? No. Or no. is this because people are smart enough, like Chris, to not raise their kids in the city? It's 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 more economic. Uh, it's becoming too expensive to live in the city, and therefore uh, cities have become unfriendly to families uh, in a variety of ways. 
Families often have SUVs. Where are you going to park them in a city? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lack of uh, playing fields uh, in the city for the youth. Uh, what what this uh, author notes that today's cities are decidedly not for children or for families who want children. And I don't think that's specifically being generated in the salon. Right. I think it's the result of what's happening what's happening to cities. Do you think this has been a slow burn, or do you think this is just... It's been a slow burn. Okay. As the sociologists Richard Lloyd and Terry Nichols-Clark put it, they are cities have become entertainment machines for the young, rich, and mostly childless. And this development has crucial implications, not only for the future of American cities, but also for the future of the U.S. economy and American politics. The counties that make up Los Angeles, Chicago, New York City, and Philadelphia shed a combined 2 million domestic residents from 2010 to 2018. Wow. Would that be just specifically, you know, a single-family home? Families can't afford to live in cities. No, they can't. And they are leaving. And uh, let's see. Uh, Cities have effectively traded away their children, swapping capital for kids. College graduates descend into cities, inhale fast, casual meals, emit the fumes of overwork, get washed, and bounce to smaller cities or the suburbs by the time their kids are old enough to spell. It's a coast-to-coast trend. In Washington, D.C., the overall population has grown more than 20% this century, but the number of children under the age of 18 has declined. Meanwhile, San Francisco has the lowest share of children of any of the largest 100 cities in the U.S. This really has to be affecting the schools, the public schools and the quality of the education. Well, and you need to remember that, taxpayers, because you're sold a bill of goods every time a school board, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, tells you they need more money for the children. What they're not telling you are the incredible... Uh, enrollment declines we're experiencing, yeah. and we're experiencing it right here in St. Paul and Minneapolis. Right. Yeah. yeah, out my way, the, the 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 schools are booming. Oh yeah, have you seen Hopkins High School? Oh my God, it's like the Mall of America. I just drove it's by huge. Shakopee High School last week. We had a ball game over there. It's it's the size of a college campus. Yep. Uh, if Global Demographics had a television show, it would be called No Sex in the City. This is another interesting aspect of this. Across the developed world, couples aren't just having fewer children, they're having less sex. As Kate Julian has reported, and my podcast Crazy Genius has explored. (laughs) The possible culprits of this sex recession include hookup culture, crushing economic pressures, surging anxiety rates, psychological frailty, widespread antidepressant use, streaming television, environmental estrogens leaked by plastics, dropping testosterone levels, digital porn, the vibrator's golden age, dating apps, option paralysis, helicopter parents, careerism, smartphones, the news cycle, information overload generally, seep deprivation, and, 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 and obesity. This story took a weird turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. That's very depressing. You're not even done yet. I'm wrapping it up because then I want to do my salon commentary. Okay. Uh, let's see. So this is this is more about just behavior. It's not about the design, the redesign of the city. No, I'll get to that. Okay. For those young and middle-aged Americans who are having sex and having children, the smaller cities and suburbs might simply be a better place to live, and not just for the obvious reasons that they're more cost-friendly. 
Perhaps parents are clustering in suburbs today for the same reason that companies cluster in rich cities. Doing so is more efficient. Suburbs have more schools, parks, stroller-friendly areas, restaurants with high chairs, babysitters, and large parking spaces for SUVs, wrote Connor Sin, an investor and columnist for Bloomberg. It's akin to a division of labor. America's rich cities specialize in the young, rich, and childless. America's suburbs specialize in parents. The childless city may become inescapable. In two weeks, as it happens, the author notes, I'm moving from New York City to Washington, D.C. into a building that was once a woman's hospital. For 150 years since its founding in 1866, the facility specialized in delivering babies. It saw more than 250,000 new souls brought into the world, including Duke Ellington and Al Gore. The building used to be a piece of history. Today, it's a demographic metaphor for the future of the American city. They gutted the maternity ward and put up a condo. <laughs> wow. All right, now. Pave paradise, huh? I think what's happened, I think this helps us understand why the salon is ruling as it is. They don't have to take children into consideration. And to be to be charitable to those ruling us from the salon, they don't gather in the salon and say, boy, I'm glad we don't have any kids to worry about, or let's make sure we never have any kids. I think they're just have awakened to the fact that demographically the cities have changed to the kinds of constituents that find the rulings of the salon appealing. And it's not affecting them economically. Right. No, you're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. What do you mean? Who's affecting who economically? That first thing you said there, they don't have to have families with children. And I'm wondering, is that because because of uh, they don't need them economically, uh, things are going fine without them. It's not in their financial interest to have families with kids. Is the salon people? Yeah. yeah, is that what you're saying? No, but I'll clarify it. Yes, you in the back. So give me a second. Mm-hmm. I was having a discussion with a uh, business owner, a downtown business owner. This would have been two or three weeks ago. Because we were talking about, why are all these condo buildings going up? There's got to be a reason. There can't be this much demand. He equated to one thing. Property tax. Mm-hmm. You bulldoze nice cafe, you build up a high rise with a little bar, O'Gara's, whatever. They can now charge 50,000 times more in property tax than they could when it was just nice cafe, when it was just O'Gara's garage. That's not a bad theory. And this is going acro- all across the country, this is happening. And that's exactly why, because they can now raise more money in property but tax. But who are living? I mean, we know it's, a few guys that live down there, it, and they're single. It's the it's the or, young couple that might be married, might not, just out of college, maybe has a few bucks in their pocket. But the ones that Joe was talking about in this article, they're not, they're not going to raise a family there. They're going to live there for... Maybe half a decade. Maybe they'll go out to the burbs and raise a family, but they're not raising a family in the in downtown Minneapolis. I know two Minneapolis. kind of people that live in downtown Minneapolis: uh, gay guys and older uh, couples who, who their kid raising days are long over. Their kids, their their kids old, have kids. Their youngest kid mm-hmm. is thirty five, mm-hmm. so now they're living downtown. Or it's gay couples. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not drift too far away from the whole point of this. But property tax was the main point here. That's what. That's why this is. You're seeing this trend. But for for at least ten years, I've I've innately thought to myself, "Oh, wait a minute! Every time there's some ruling from the salon about banning plastic bags or taking away more parking spaces for uh, for bicycle lanes uh, and what have you, I've always thought they're not taking kids into account. Well, it, I don't. It turns out that if you look at these things statistically and demographically, it's as simple as 
kids aren't really in the picture. No, they're not. And so it's easy for the salon to uh, appeal uh, to 27-year-olds who are childless and probably ride their bikes for amusement, if not transportation. And and it's the family that's ignored, not not intentionally, I'm now willing to concede. It's just, it's just they aren't there. Now, the irony is, of course, St. Paul, uh, and I think to a large extent Minneapolis, there still are families with children that, who live in St. Paul and Minneapolis. There are in, in the my neighborhood. It's yeah. my neighborhood. Yeah. 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 And, and so we're not... We're not Downtown Chicago? No. Downtown New York City? No. Downtown LA? No. Downtown San Francisco? No. Uh, Downtown Minneapolis? Downtown? No families, basically. Downtown St. Paul? The play story in both the Minneapolis and St. Paul papers today is the new development on the riverfront where the jail used to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, No families. But you get out into the neighborhoods of the cities, Mm -hmm. but here's the problem. The salon is basically ruling for those people who live downtown. And there's my charge against them is that's when they fail to acknowledge families with children who still flood all the neighborhoods of Minneapolis and St. Paul. Yeah, without a doubt. John, you left uh, North Minneapolis. Um, um, when you left, had uh, Dill been born yet? Uh, Dill, yes, was... Uh, oh, no, he hadn't. I'm sorry, he had not. Why did you leave? I left because the neighborhood we lived in was getting increasingly violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that has nothing to do with this. Story. No, no, that has nothing to I do was, with this. I was just curious. The point is that when you look at what the salon comes up with, uh, determining who can buy menthol cigarettes, banning plastic bags, uh, increasing bicycle lanes, banning uh, candy cigarettes, banning candy cigarettes. But it, it basically, basically, they're they're accommodating. Their constituent, the the twenty seven year old single guy or gal, who is not inconvenienced by the rulings from the salon. Well, Mom is if she can't get a bag. Yeah. Right. Mom is if she can't park in front of her house. But that person's living a completely different lifestyle. The twenty seven year old you're referring that's to. My they, point. they don't they don't have a vehicle most likely. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why the salon yeah. is dealing with a very comfortable clientele. Yeah. And we're those of us with children or grandchildren, we're caught in the crossfire. We're caught by the, the No, uh, you guys are. Yeah, you 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 are uh, you are more typical of what statistically can be demonstrated is that parents with young children are living in suburbs. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing uh, with my own eyes is the inner ring, first ring suburbs, are now behaving in the same way that Minneapolis and St. Paul are, Richfield, Roseville, et cetera, right. et cetera. They're now just an extension of the laws and rules of Minneapolis and St. Paul mm-hmm. because they feel that they need to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Well, hence St. Louis Park City Council. Right there, St. Louis Park. Good example. Yeah. yeah. So, I, to me, this helped clear up a lot of things. The uh, the people who gravitate to a political career on a city council, a mayor's office, county commissioner, what have you, it's very natural for them to to govern only the young and childless. That's their principal. That's their principal client. Downtown. That's their principal client. We still haven't resolved uh, why families who live in Mac Groveland or on the East Side or Payne Phelan or Miriam Park or Highland Park they suffer the rulings from the salon because the salon does 
I think the people who rule from the salon, I think their 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 vision stops about a, in a one mile diameter around downtown. <laughs> That's their radius. And the irony is, downtowns aren't the centers of commerce anymore, to a large degree. They certainly are in some. Would the uh, would the demolition of the church in St. Paul, the historic church, would that fall under this? St. No. Andrews. Is that, a, is that a different No, different that's dynamic. St. Andrews in Como. Does, that's been a long-standing uh, controversy. I believe a charter school owns it. German. Or, yeah, okay. Sorry, okay. Does this need pushing back? And if so, how? Yes. How? Yeah. Well, I, what how? I've said all along, I can't get any of the 40-year-olds I am constantly lobbying in St. Paul to run for city council. And that's that's the only pushback is to get... A 40-year-old guy who has a wife and three kids, and his kids play Little League Baseball at the Ford Fields, and he's a, uh, I don't know what he is, does for a living. Maybe he's a, a regular job. He's, he's, he makes seventy-two five a year. He works as, in a bank. or and, and that I've talked to these people. They, don't, they will not run. We are surrendering the, plot, the politics to this political class. We're surrendering it. And not only would some of them not run, most likely they wouldn't win because all of those other St. Paulites have taken the Kool-Aid saying, yes, this is what we want. We can't have a Republican uh, on the city council. It's, it goes against everything, yeah. which it doesn't. There are smart Republicans out there. Uh, well, in Minneapolis, Ilhan, they voted for her just because who she was as opposed to what, what her values represented yeah. or, they wanted or to be any, first. yeah and that's why they support her because of who she is as opposed to what she believes in and that's why she's going to win again cities were once a place for families of all classes the basic custom of the american city wrote the urbanist sam bass warner was a commitment to familialism familialism Something like Whatever. That. Today's cities, however, are decidedly not for children or for families who want children. As the, as the sociologists Richard Lloyd and Terry Nichols Clark put it, they are entertainment machines for the young, rich, and mostly childless. Well, look at what's, what's the driving industry of downtown St. Paul and downtown Minneapolis? Entertainment. entertainment. The pub life. Mm-hmm. Right. The Cafe Society. And what's hilarious is the city's trying its best to kill that industry with your $15 an hour wage. Because yeah. that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, what's her name? Rashida Tlaib thinks it should be 20 bucks. Oh, why not? <laughs> well, she's playing the game I've always played. Why isn't 40 bucks? Sure. 15 ain't right. enough. Why stop right. there? Why? 60 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think Bernie wouldn't try it, although he pays his own people less than the minimum wage. Boy, that's <laughs> That, that would be the death of trade schools and a lot of colleges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The higher that minimum wage goes up. Well. Why would my kid have to go to co- uh, trade school to make $30 an hour when minimum wage is 20 an hour? Well, it's not going to happen. Uh, yet. It's, it's, There's too much pushback from business owners. Something's going to happen, but I don't think it'll come to that. I don't think we're going to be have a $30 minimum wage. Hell, that's more than we make. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't have to remind us. We'll be back shortly. Thank you. (laughs) Truth, Justice, and the Suture. 
you always aren't you always amazed that one person on social media can make things happen? Oh, or can can, can wreck my day? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it does amaze me. Amazing. My mic off too. <laughs> yeah, let's all do that. Yeah. <laughs> let's just use one. Are mic. you going to cite an example? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Macy's vowed to remove a set of yeah. dinner plates. One person in from this case. all stores. Yeah. All stores. After receiving backlash on social media sure. from users who claimed the design promoted body shaming and eating disorders. I immediately flew into a rage, and then I remembered Nike and what was the other company recently that uh, garnered negative publicity that turned out really oh, good? Oh, the Betsy Ross flag yeah, shoes? Yeah, Nike and something Chick-fil-A? else. Chick-fil-A? No, the camper, uh, Camping World. Yeah, isn't but it a world? May I finish this story? It's all it, it's publicity, <laughs> Joe. It's it's Macy's being brilliant. The plates in question show three circles meant to show portion size. The smallest circle says skinny jeans. The medium sized circle says favorite jeans, and the largest circle says mom jeans. <laughs> How can I get these plates from Macy's banned in all fifty states? Allie Ward, a CBS science correspondent, tweeted Sunday above an image of the plate set. What a poop. <laughs> Macy's Twitter account responded early Monday to a tweet from Good Place star and eating disorder activist. What the hell is an eating disorder activist? Yeah. Jamila Jamil saying, we appreciate you sharing this with us, and we agree that you missed the mark on this product. The store said it would remove the plates from all locations. The plates are manufactured by Portions, P-O-U-R. Uh, portions told Time in a statement that the plates were meant to be a lighthearted take on the important issue of portion control. <coughs> Other users on social media said the plates were funny and asked if anyone had a sense of humor anymore. I can understand you're not liking them, but why do you get to decide that 300 million other people don't get that choice? Uh, some. She was born and raised in San Francisco. Who? Allie Ward. And there you are. Is she a big girl? Uh, I can't really no, show. She, to find out. Didn't you say she works with people with eating disorders? No, that was a different one. This was the CBS correspondent. The CBS correspondent is Allie Ward, and she apparently uh, fired the single shot that uh, caused Macy's to back down. And then uh, somebody else uh, weighed in who was a, uh, a, a good place star and eating disorder activist, mm-hmm. Jamila Jamil. Mm-hmm. I think it's all just publicity. I'm with Kenny. Ward comes from a family of journalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying well, to see. Well, reporting she's... ain't what it used to be. True. I got a better idea. Yeah. How about we reinvent these plates at the Krabby Coffee Shop? We can have Roycey and Dorsey's. Hey, if you're plus size like me, go for the heaper. Lard ass. One will be lard what, ass. What, what? One will be plumper. Right. No, put yourself in the in the in the mindset of Allie Ward. I try to do that occasionally, I, I, and I fail. Let's say, uh, let's say I was in Macy's. Sure. Uh, which is terribly unlikely. <laughs> right. And I saw these plates. I just. Nothing would have occurred to me. You'd have moved on. Nothing would have occurred. Yeah. Not, it would not have occurred to me yeah. to be upset. You'd, I would smile or giggle. Yeah. Hey, look at these plates. You know. But you don't constantly play the victimhood card, which a lot of people do. Not only not constantly, never. But how do you walk through Macy's, as Allie Ward must have, see these plates, and, and have a reaction? 
It's beyond my comprehension. What was the timeline from when she put that out on social media to the time that Macy's responded to it? Because I have a question. Well, she she tweeted on Sunday, and Macy's dumped the plates on Monday. This seems awfully orchestrated. Really? I'm with Kenny. I think this is all You publicity. think Allie Ward's getting a little taste under the table? Yep. Oh, I think you're full of B as in BS as in and S. Aren't there other stores that are uh, also owned by Macy's where they're, the stuff that leaves the showroom floor in Macy's like goes to, I'm uh, just an example, TJ Maxx or mm-hmm. uh, products what, and whatnot, clothing or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. when this story broke, I was following some threads and some reactions, and a lot of people were overjoyed because then these plates that were going to be pulled out of Macy's would appear somewhere else for uh, a lot less money. That Kohl's or whatever. Yeah, Kohl, I think yeah. Kohl's was mentioned, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to me, and that's when I realized, oh my God, this is a marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. These guys are brilliant. Mm-hmm. They got me all mad and hot and uh, under the collar. Now you're going to go buy a set. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For, for a bunch of plates that probably wouldn't move in the first place. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've been I, duped, I, Joe. I, I, <laughs> Joe, I think we've been duped. No, I think, I, you're, I think, too, you're too cynical. I'm I not think cynical. They're, you're I too think they're gullible. playing us. I'm too naive. You're too naive. They're playing us. What about, we've had. Countless examples of this, though. What about the woman, uh, Rook, who went into the hobby store and saw some balls of cotton? Oh, yes. To, yeah. to, to use in, in craft uh, making and, uh, and said that's racist to have balls of cotton. Yep. Was that it? Was that is that a setup? No, too? but this one just it just reeks of publicity. To me, stuff. this is the exact same thing that Nike did over the 4th well, of July. Well, and it's headdressing. Explain that. Headdressing is when a celebrity wears literally a Native American headdress and then apologizes for wearing it the next day in order to get the publicity. Yeah, that's that's what this, this is. This is headdressing then. If, according to you two, I'm still not buying that it's headdressing. I'm buying that the, the corporations are that sensitive. I wish I could remember the other incident. But, it happened right after the Nike thing. But why would a TV personality who... To get publicity for herself? Now you're starting to convince me. Because why would she go after a corp... That's... It's broadcasting 101. You don't rip clients. Macy's is a potential client. Why I would don't, you do uh, that? I don't know who. Uh, see, I have never heard of Allie Ward. She, she is on numerous shows. Uh, yeah, she's, she's, did, did I mention Invention? I love the title of but that show. You've, you've heard of her now, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Danielle Ritter of uh, uh, Colleen was 2017 was the gal that uh, lobbied Hobby Lobby. To uh, take get rid of balls of cotton in Kansas City because kids use them to make rabbits and stuff. Right. You know, didn't little... we just see that this week, the beginning of the week with uh, who's the guy that uh, works with Stu Gotts? Levitard. Yeah, Stu Gatz? isn't this a whole Levitard ESPN thing? That's all just publicity. Well, I but he, I, yeah, I don't think so. It I think was he's think so? very sincere. He, you do, he broke okay. a company policy. Yeah, and they, I think that they just agreed he was going to take the day off. <laughs> Remember when ESPN did sports? Back in the 90s. Remember when MTV showed videos? Yeah, (laughs) played music. music. I'm going to say it was the early 90s, late uh, 80s. I broke company policy. (laughs) And uh, I got in trouble publicly. And it was in the newspaper, and it was on the news. And I apologized to the uh, the owner and the woman in charge. And she said, "Uh, don't worry about it. Things are going to be okay, she said, smiling. Mm. Just don't do it again. Don't do it again. So all the negative bad publicity I got in the station got worked out in our favor. <laughs> yeah. Rook, any thoughts? Nope. 
And Good. He, he, Turn my mic off. Uh, it wasn't near nearly as bad as your faux pas. Oh. Not nearly. Hey, bad. Joe, I grew up in Minnesota and moved to Wichita, Kansas about eight years ago. Every time I hear you talk about Grunhoffers, I get hungry. I had occasion last week to make the trip to Minnesota. I grabbed some extra coolers and last Friday stopped into Grunhoffers. It did not disappoint. Both the wife and I love their selection of jerky and meat sticks. We also both like spicy, so this weekend we'll be trying to decide if it's the habanero mango or the hatch green chili brats will be our new favorite. Uh, We will definitely make it up to Hugo again whenever we get the chance to come back. Keep up the good work. Love the podcast format, Tim. And then I get a long note from David Chapin who writes, uh, he's written us before, about their fondness for uh, Grunhoffers, where there is no size shaming at Grunhoffers. No. There's no, no size shaming. Hell no. We, tell the folks what we learned today. You did a little bit of research about Grunhoffers. They're open on Sunday. I can't believe it. You guys are working on Sundays yeah, up they're open there? On, I think it's 10 to, 10 to 5. 10, 10 to Sunday. Five. And we determined Sunday, a mm. big day for grilling. It of is. Of course, certainly. Uh, Grunhoffers Old Fashioned Meats. It's the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. And John, not thinking of us at all, <laughs> yeah, look up here. went to Grunhoffers <laughs> yesterday when we all would have been prepared to give you you know, a twenty dollar bill and have it you bring us back some fries. It was quite a spur of the moment thing. I just you, your your ad your ad made John, me hungry. For then I'm driving there. Why what didn't you call what is us? This? What is this right here? That's a phone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why didn't you call us and say I'm going to put it on my credit card? You guys reimburse me. I got some really good stuff, fellas. I bet you did. I got <laughs> some. I got some jalapeno <laughs> and hot pepper chicken brats. I'm not detecting any remorse at all. I have none. Did you talk to Spencer? I talked to Spencer. Is he still happy? He's very happy. Yeah. He says, uh, boy, it's just, uh, they get orders for stuff. He says, we talk about jerky. They run out of jerky the next day, which made me somewhat angry. One of the reasons right. I went up there was to right. get the Good. sweet and heat jerky. Good. And there was only about, supply, it looks like. No, there's like four pieces But you there. got the chicken brat, which I haven't tried yet. Had one last night, the jalapeno oh. and hot pepper, and it was wonderful. I asked, was Ooh. it good? That's Did what my wife does in restaurants. She'll say to the waiter, uh, is this good? What? No, they're going to tell you right. it's bad. It tastes <laughs> like dog food. Did yeah. you gnaw on some ham on the way home? I did not. I didn't get a ham. I got some rookie burgers the brown bag is a chicken breast i will oh. uh, fry that yeah, and up you and had the audacity to send us the pictures yeah. of this i didn't send them to you guys i put them on twitter well, same thing <laughs> very hurtful John. it was it was and those are the sliders uh, those are the sliders i had one of those last evening too it was delicious they look pretty large you know i'd come up to your house but the crime is so rampant up there <laughs> I, i'm just scared to go there remember we got toxic uh, yeah you've got that too, toxic so. deal going Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meatmark.com, north end of Hugo on Highway 61. It's a, uh, what did I call it yesterday? It's the world's finest meat bazaar. Yeah. Yes. Why don't we come back with Johnny Height, the traitor? Yeah. The earth is not your mother. The Joe Souchere Show. My Google on my work computer is showing what I Googled last night at home. Uh-oh. Can you say it on the air? Whoa! It's all about stock car racing. Oh, okay. and not, Nothing interesting. Here's John Height. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> was my mic on there? Yeah, yeah it was. It was on the air. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. A uh, couple sports things first. Anybody watched the ball game last night? Oh, my that God. Was oh, yeah. a fun yeah. ball yeah. game, man. It's been a fun series. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was rather frustrating myself. Well, it was very frustrating, but it was fun. Back, see Patrick's analogy? And, oh, all night this long. This stretch between Oakland and the Yankees is the is a seven-game Stanley Cup final, and going into tonight's game, they're tied 3-3. Mm. Ooh, when's the last point. day they uh, had off? Well, the All-Star Ooh, game was they, not they that had, long. They were off Monday of this week. No, they weren't. No, they the weren't. Yankees. 
They, uh, what, I don't yeah, recall. I wish you wouldn't have break, asked me. Yeah. It was the all-star break, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you missed it, it ended with a fabulous catch by Aaron Hicks with the bases loaded. Because, of course, it was him that yeah. caught well, yeah. yeah, after he hit the home run. <laughs> after he hit the home run in the ninth. Who pitches tonight? Uh, Who's left? Odorizzi? Yeah, Odorizzi, you're right. I yeah. saw it in the paper this morning. Yep. How flaky uh, is our starting pitcher last night? I How I'm come a, some days I can watch him go all the way to the like the sixth or seventh inning? And last night I was screaming, pull him in the third. If Kyle Gibson has been a frustrating pitcher, he's improved a lot since he first got here. But hey, uh, he, uh, boy, there's times where he mentally just doesn't hey, have it. Hey. They do this down the hall. And then, you know, he's, but he does, Kenny, have the slider with the most swing and miss rate in baseball. The most That's, swing. What do you think of that, huh? Joe? They That's do this down the hall. Biggest swing and miss rate. And, you know, if Odorizzi can find the zone tonight, maybe he can uh, get a W. Uh, one other sort Why of. Why don't you go to work down the hall? No, thank you. <laughs> one other sort of sports note. Uh, former Vikings running back Adrian Peterson. Oh, uh, how about this story? Apparently is broke, despite making more than $100 million in salary and endorsements during his career. Well, and I see they're trying to blame everybody else but Adrian. Yeah, his attorney, Chase Carlson, said the truth behind Adrian Peterson's current financial situation is more, is more than is being reported at this time. Because of ongoing legal matters, I was unable to go into detail, but I will say this is yet another situation of an athlete trusting the wrong people and being uh-huh. taken advantage of by those yeah. he trusted. Look in the mirror, Adrian. Kind of like U.S. citizens with a $22 trillion debt. <laughs> Remember the birthday parties of his we used to talk about? Didn't he truck in camels? Yeah, he'd like rent a llama or Saudi something. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Riding a, a camera. So what camel. you're saying is the, the, the 28 children that he has uh, outside of his marriage, they're, they're probably going to be looking for money. It's just long-term. amazing that it's everybody's fault but his. He will be uh, playing again with Washington this year, signing an $8 million contract. So he'll make eight mil anyway. No, well. I mean, he'll lose another eight mil. Yeah, exactly. Does he got a posse? Maybe he, he has a lot of things. Yeah, uh, a lot what? of stuff going on. Yeah. A lot of mind. Yeah. No, Joe. He he's a boy. A posse. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, ladies. I'm telling you, folks. This is one nine seven. I'm still continuing <laughs> to threaten you that we might not make it to two hundred. <laughs> With that kind of nonsense. Well, let me put on my serious news. I wish you'd do something, John. Okay. News. Former special counsel Robert Mueller told lawmakers on Wednesday his investigation did not exonerate President Trump, and he explained why he decided not to consider criminal charges against the president. At the opening of Mueller's highly anticipated day of hearings before the House of Representatives on his two-year probe into Russian interference in the presidential election, Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler asked the former special counsel if the probe cleared Trump. Uh, Mueller said no. He did surprise with one answer when asked by Republican Representative Ken Buck if President Trump could still be charged with obstruction of justice after he leaves the White House. He answered quickly yes. Somewhat taken aback, Buck asked the question again, and Mueller again answered yes. Uh, Mueller also said, contradicting President Trump, that he did not interview for the FBI director job. He is now testifying this afternoon before the House Intelligence Committee. I was surprised by uh, Mueller's demeanor. He struck me as uh, out of place, uh, a little nervous. Uh, a little old? Well, no, oh. I, I just, uh, you know, a great guy. Uh, but he, he really was tentative and, yeah. and hesitant. And He is 74, though. I, Rook, to Rook's point, he may be just slowing down. Well, for know. God's sakes, I'm not that far away well, from 74. Well, but he may be... We didn't want to point that out. Yeah, I, And you are slowing down. You don't think yeah. this was done by design? Well, I think a lot of it is he didn't want to stray from the report, so basically, 
you know. I'll but, cite the report in paragraph seven, you know. Yeah, and then what page was that? What page was that? But what, what I can't stand is the way both sides pushing themselves to the front of the class yeah. and, and how they dramatically read their sentence. Yeah. To, to sway whatever. But this was, is Hank what Johnson, was Hank Johnson among the, is he I on the Judiciary Committee? I, I did not see Hank, uh, if he was. He'd be worried that the, uh, oh, yeah, he's that the event could tip over. Right, right. Matthew, that's par for the course with these kind of committees in here. It, that's, that's all they, that's be, that's what all they become. For. No, I understand, but that's, I'm just saying, I reiterate that it yeah. irks me when they have to push I to agree. the front and say, look at me. And it's both, both sides do that. And I <laughs> said to Joe off air, there are some really annoying members of Congress on both ends, really Republican are. and Democrat. Well, the political class uh, exists on its own rail in this country. They, yeah. are, they are different from the rest of us. I, I kept thinking throughout all the morning, who's doing the work of the people? <laughs> yeah. I suppose you could say, well, it's the work of the people to get to the bottom of this. You spent two years, you had an unlimited budget, you don't really have much, except you might be able to nail a guy when he gets out of office. Plus, you got 20 Democrats that are running for president right. and not worried about their yeah. constituents. This is a uh, island. This is a uh, <laughs> island. All right, that's great. Does he stuff. stutter? God, I, I hate stutter. this computer. I that's hate uh, it. Georgia Congressman Hank Johnson when questioning some military personnel about the placing of additional troops on Taiwan. Hank uh, worried that the increased population of the military would tip the island yeah. over, and whoever he was grilling said, "Sir, we we don't anticipate that." Yeah. As, if, as if it was a floating bog. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, we do appreciate How do you the get to Congress? Did he really thinking that an island oh, yeah. would tip over? It's floating. Yeah. Apparently that audio. Apparently that audio is destroyed. Uh, I tried to pull it back up. But yeah, it's, it's not the, good. Yeah, okay. We'll have to find a new copy. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, President Trump on Wednesday morning lashing out in frustration over Mueller's testimony to Congress just hours before the former special counsel set to appear. President tweeted multiple times about Mueller late Tuesday and early Wednesday. A president's public schedule is open to watch the hearings up until 4 this afternoon. Then he's scheduled to leave for a fundraiser in West Virginia. We don't anticipate that, we sir. Don't anticipate no. that. We don't think the island will tip over, sir. Can you imagine what he must have really been thinking oh, to himself? Oh, my God. <laughs> A St. Paul man faces a felony charge of making a violent threat toward a city employee. A criminal complaint says that 62-year-old Jeffrey Weisbach called the St. Paul mayor's office to complain about a homeless encampment near a bridge by his house. A policy advisor for Mayor Melvin Carter said Weisbach's information had already been forwarded to staff members who were hiring contractors to clean the area up. The day after, July 11th, Weisbach called about 10 times and left messages on the policy advisor's phone, upset that the camp had not yet been cleaned up. In one of the voicemails, he said, it's all out war and I will hunt you down and kill you like oh, a dog. Not helping. Not helping. Life in the city. The staffer showed the message to police who responded to Weisbach's home. According to the complaint, Weisbach complained about the homeless encampment to police, then slammed the door in the officer's faces, refused to open his door again, and became loud and uncooperative. An investigator also listened to the messages left on the staffer's phone and confirmed what was reportedly said. The investigator then contacted Weisbach, who admitted being upset but denied making any threats in the messages and said he was being set up. A charge of making threats of violence, reckless disregard, carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison, a $10,000 fine, or is he, both. Is he mentally okay? Maybe we're just dealing with somebody that needs to be hospitalized. I, uh, that I, I do not know. It kind of sounds like it. Federal regulators are fining Facebook $5 billion for privacy violations and are instituting new oversight and restrictions on its business. 
but they're only holding CEO Mark Zuckerberg personally responsible in a limited fashion. The fine is the biggest the, large, uh, the Federal Trade Commission has ever levied on a tech company that won't make much of a dent for the company, wow. which had about $56 billion in revenue last year. Wow. Wow. Part of the agency settlement with Facebook, Zuckerberg will have to personally certify his company's compliance with privacy programs. Facebook does not admit any wrongdoing as part of the settlement. And it'll just keep going on and on. It's cheaper mm-hmm. to pay the fine. Two Canadian teens who were believed missing are now considered to be suspects in the shooting deaths of a young American woman and her Australian boyfriend, as well as in the death of an unknown man in rural British Columbia. 18-year-old Cam McLeod and 19-year-old Briar Schmelkleski are considered dangerous and members of the public should not approach them, according to authorities. They were last seen in northern Saskatchewan, about a day's drive east of where the bodies were found, driving a gray 2011 Toyota RAV4. Denise uh, and Fowler, I'm sorry, Deese and Fowler Roberts, Lucas Fowler and China Deese's bodies were found on July 15th, 12 miles south of Liard Hot Springs in northern British Columbia. You know what those two uh, creeps need to encounter? Hmm. A bear. Yeah. A grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the outdoors, Yellowstone National I got that coming up. That's man's failed uh, okay. connection to nature. You'd like me to skip that. I got two of them today. I'm guessing. got two of them today, Johnny. I'll skip that one. How's that? Two of them. Should have told you that. Should have told me that. I'll skip that one. It's all right. I already threw away one story you did. Remember there was it? Which one? Macy's. Oh, yeah. The plates. <laughs> what were you going to say? There was what? I forget. Okay. See? You and Robert Mueller. Mueller. No, 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 no. I remember now. I remember now. There was a day when we did consult to make sure we weren't conflicting with each other's news. We used to do that, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose we need to get back to that. Yeah, that's. I'm going to start uh, using Mueller's favorite line Maybe today, which was... Go ahead. I'm sorry. In fact, one day uh, when John was gone, <laughs> I, uh, too many interruptions yeah, here. I so said, much for that line. Said, Joe, what do you want me to do? He said, bleep it. I think that was that's what signified the end of the... And John? Mueller's yes. statement. Uh, he kept saying generally accurate. So I'm just going to start accurate. saying that whenever he generally says accurate. That's Generally accurate. You know, it's generally line. accurate that there is plenty of the boating season left. Right now, you're probably driving by a rapid marine store. Ham Lake, Shakopee, Rogers, St. Cloud. Great deal right now because the 2020s are coming in. So you're going to get a great deal on Crestliner, Lund, Glastron, and Ranger. They need to move these boats. The new ones are arriving. Uh, if you're a Minnesotan, you've been in a Crestliner. Whether you know it or not, you've been in a Crestliner. Okay. Your grandfather had one. Your dad had one. Your uncle had one. They've been made in Minnesota for more than 70 years. Rapid Marine is Minnesota's largest Crestline dealer and has sale priced all 2019 models so you can make the most of summer and for the 21st or the rest of your fall. With a quiet, fuel-efficient Mercury four-stroke on back, it will not only up your cylinder index, but it'll get you the fish every time. You mentioned GL or my name. You get 250 bucks off the price of your new boat. That's quite a deal. Largest glass-drawn boat dealer in Minnesota. That's another one. If you've been in a Crestliner, you've probably been in a glass-drawn. For real? You know, you go to the lake, you go to the cabin, somebody had a, came by in a glass-drawn or a Crestliner. Wait, if you've been in a Crestliner, you've probably been in a glass-drawn? Yeah. What, wait, what? Well, there's, there's, there is plentiful. As I'm saying they have been as popular as Crestliner over the years. I am on their website right now because I am in the market for a towable and that's where I'm going to go get it. A towable boat? 
No, uh, one of these blow-up inner tube things that you pull your brand oh, yeah. nephews oh, around. They got the all that stuff. It's the only thing that'll shut them up. Trying so. to shake them off. And don't yeah. forget, don't forget yeah. the Lunds crossover. Uh, it's just like the name implies. The crossover is the perfect recreational boat for the family. Fishing, tubing, cruising, lounging—something for everyone. Still, plenty of summer left to get your family out on the water at Rapid Marine. Ham Lake, Shakopee, Rogers, and St. Cloud. Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter John Pride is rescheduling some upcoming tour dates after doctors advised him he faced a stroke risk and needed surgery. Uh, According to a statement from his family, in consultation with his doctors, John has been advised he has an elevated risk for a stroke. He'll have surgery this week to insert a stent, which will remedy the issue, read a statement from his family. Prolific songwriter and often whimsical performer, Pride last month was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. He's had past surgeries for cancer in his neck and lung. Statement said Pride's eight-date summer concert schedule would be shifted back with the next date, a July 28th show at Colorado's Red Rocks venue, moved back to September 18th. Two men who decided to protest a vegan event in London by eating dead raw squirrels have been found guilty of disorderly behavior. Wouldn't a burger been better? Uh, 29-year-old Gaddis Lagsdins and 22-year-old Deonsi Klevnikov were sentenced to pay fines of $250 and $500 respectively, plus costs and surcharges for causing harassment, alarm, or distress at the March 30th event. The Crown Prosecution Service of England and Wales confirmed. Lagsdins and Klebeknikov told the judge they attended the event, the Soho Vegan Market, in order to raise awareness of the alleged dangers of a vegan diet. Footage of the incident was posted online in March showing Lagsdins, who also vlogs about his diet on YouTube, speaking with concerned shoppers and police officers while holding the squirrel meat. The Soho Vegan... <laughs> you ever had squirrel candy? Uh, yeah, I have. Pretty have good, you, isn't really? it? Not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Tastes like chicken. Don't eat Gross. city squirrel, though. No, no. So you got to eat country squirrel. Wild yeah. squirrel. you got to ask country him, are you from the city? Yeah, where are you from? <laughs> where'd you, hey, where'd you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> the Soho Vegan Market released... I said it's not bad. I've never gotten right. here. I, you know, I, I wouldn't I, eat squirrel meat if you paid me. I think I gathered yeah, that from yeah. you. It's, 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 uh, it's you read Hillbilly Elegy. That That apparently is some sort of big meal Delicacy in the South. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. you got to get a grandma to cook it. The Soho Vegan Market released a statement saying it did not condone the YouTuber's actions and thank police for responding. Uh, the problem, according to uh, the police, was this caused distress to people in the crowd, including children. That's why the two... <laughs> what? He, so they didn't really commit a crime. Well, no, they, they just uh, basically disor- disorderly behavior. Did okay. they bite the head off like Ozzy? Uh, no, he, he just bit into, you know, he was hold, in the pictures, he's holding the squirrel body and you can see the meat and he must have just... Um, 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 so. Well, he's probably going to die. Yeah. Uh, he can be seen in uh, photographs uh, everywhere on his website. He's done similar things in the past. In fact, he tried to eat a pig's head sure. oh, at VegFest in Brighton, England. As well, as well as a bloody veal heart at an Amsterdam. Oh, that's okay. So this festival. is his deal. This is what he does. He go. He yeah. Protests he's on circuit. Veganism. He's on tour. Yeah, he's like Joey Chestnut. Well, summer or, tour. Uh, right. What does his wife and or girlfriend yeah. say about this? Oh wait. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Thank you. You bet. We'll be back in just a bit. Oh, wrong, Jeff Charles. That his cylinder index or his golf score. Either way, it's a big number. Here's Joe Suchere. Get the groin kick ready. Got it. I, I stole this story from John. I pulled it right out from under him. But man, human, human, people, 
losing their relationship with nature. A nine-year-old girl was thrown several feet into the air by a charging bison at Yellowstone National Park on Monday, and the incident was caught on camera. The girl was one of about 50 visitors standing near the bison by the Old Faithful Geyser when it started to charge, the National Park Service said, according to the New York Post. Park visitor Haley Dayton, who was filming, told the Post that everyone was screaming and running while little kids were crying, especially after the bison turned toward another group of visitors following the incident. Who's next? The girl was treated and released from the Old Faithful Clinic. A representative uh, for the National Park Service was not immediately available to comment on the extent of the girl's injuries. I think she's going to be okay because I saw the video, mm-hmm. and she she appeared to she appeared to land okay. Okay. Uh, according to the National Park Service, Yellowstone is the only area in the lower 48 to have a continuously free-ranging bison population since prehistoric times, and herds are allowed to roam the park relatively. Freely. Nice. The park does frown upon certain instances of visitor interaction, however, as an Oregon man was sentenced to 130 days in jail a year ago for getting out of his car and taunting a bison. That's right. I remember that. And, and on this occasion, the uh, the people were within five feet of the bison. You're told. Wow. You have no you have no common sense. I've, the parents of that nine year old girl should be ashamed of themselves. When you go there, as we did as a family, you are warned: do not get within. 50 feet of those bison. Just if you're in your car and they're walking by, that's one thing. But don't go in the field to get a selfie with them. We, we saw that constantly last summer when we were there. Not just bison, though. Yeah. With black bear, with grizz, grizzly bears, oh my everything. God. They have, these idiots have no idea. Man, man, people, people are losing their relationship with nature. Yeah. A tourist learned the hard way why it's important not to ignore local warnings. Footage of the beachgoer in a skimpy swimsuit showed him trying to pet a wild horse at a beach, nope. only to find out why locals advise against it. Yeah. As the man touched the animal, it kicked him right in oh. the swimsuit oh. area. It's a groin kick. He got groin kicked. Right. That deserves this. The incident... The incident... <laughs> The incident occurred on Assateague Island, located off the coast of Maryland. It has not been reported if the man was injured in the incident, although footage showed him falling to the ground in pain. I guarantee you he was injured. How did they get wild horses? The on horses on Assateague Island are famous among, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name of that island correctly. It's A-S-S-A-T-E-A-G-U-E. Assateague? The horses on Assateague Island are famous among locals and travelers. It's unclear how exactly they ended up on the island. But according to local folklore, they landed on Assateague after surviving a shipwreck over 300 years ago. Okay. Regardless of how the animals got there, local authorities want it made clear that they are wild animals and should be left alone. But people have lost their relationship with nature. While the nearly 300 horses on the island have become a popular sight among visitors, the local authorities advise beachgoers not to pet or touch the horses. Mm. This is not the first incident involving tourists ignoring warnings regarding the horses. In April, it was reported that animals from the nearby Chincoteague National Wildlife Refuge were moved to the South Corral of Assateague Island after several visitors ignored warnings about approaching the animals last year at Beach Lifeguard was kicked twice by one of the horses Jeez. and received several injuries. Yeah. Man, pe- 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 people, people. 
Human. People. Human. Humans. Human. Are, have lost all relationship with nature, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, it is. And will you do me a favor? You take your nine-year-old kid to Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. You're standing around there waiting for Old Faithful to do its thing. Bison and then there's right. a bison. Hey, let's go look at that. They got yeah. within five feet of the bison. No wonder the animal he said, charged. No, this is uh, your, your inside of the friendship circle. To me, it almost looked like the bison almost uh, uh, gently flipped her. She did a, she did a flip. Just kind of went... <laughs> but came down. I think she's okay. I couldn't. I couldn't see her land, but she was going to come down. She didn't land on her head. It was almost as though the bison was going to say, "Look at honey. This is the way <laughs> my shit. This is going the way it's going to play this, out. This is the way we're going to do it." I wonder if the Krabby Coffee Shop and their cow cuddling business, if we couldn't get a couple bison in there for oh, these idiots, wouldn't that be something? Well, yeah. three hundred bucks a night. We'll fill uh, fill these bison <laughs> up with sedatives so get, they they don't know where they're one. at. Have them flip you one right into that. Nah, I don't want the lawsuit. I'd rather just put them full of, uh, fill them full of roofies and then let the people just hug them at will. Are we doing a Krabby Coffee Shop segment today? We're doing it once a week, Such That's all you're getting out of me. <laughs> Can you do me a favor, Hail though? the Flashlight King. Hail, Hail you. Kenny was griping about my moon landing email not providing sufficient racing information. Well, yes. Kenny, yes, Kenny yes, here yes, is yes, the yes. who, what, when, uh, why, and where. Fantastic. I've been waiting for this. My cousin Joe, a combat, a combat-wounded Navy CB, and I had fooled around with cars in high school and decided to get into stock car racing as a hobby after we returned home from military service in 1968. In 1969, we raced a 1957 Chevy Bel Air two-door hardtop taken right off the street, gutted and modified for dirt track racing. We ran in what was called hobby stock class, even though the rules allowed for significant modifications. The engine was built by famed racing engine builder Jack Machula of Plymouth, Minnesota. You're kidding me. For Kenny's benefit, it was balanced, blueprinted, and bored, 283-cubic-inch high-performance Corvette engine with solid lifters, high compression, and Holley carburetor making about 350 horse. This is awesome. The sound of that motor hitting 7,000 RPMs on the straightaway through the long tube headers was music to our ears. Yes. Joe was the chief mechanic, and I was the driver. My younger brother, Lee, also joined in the fun when he returned from Vietnam. In 1969, we finished second in points, followed by the class championship in 1970. That was our last year racing stock cars. However, I still drag race my 1968 Nova at Rock Falls, Wisconsin, and BIR in Brainerd, where I have been fortunate enough to win several class races and a class championship in 2013. After all, you only have winners and champions on Garage yep, Logic, yep, right? Yep, yep. I've attached a couple of photos for proof of my oh, fun on wheels over the years. You. In the photo of us holding the trophies, Joe is on the left and I am on the right. My, did we look like children back then. Still enjoying the mayor and the GL gang after all these years with many more to come. Longtime listener Mike in Duluth. Now, I want you to forward that email to me because I want to see those pictures. Uh, Is the car pictured? Yeah. Oh, cool. Good. Well, and then speaking of that, let's go to our uh, Garage Logic's official demo derby Driver Matt, Matt yeah. Yeah. with his green uh, demo sure. derby car with Garage Logic on the side. I got a picture of it over in the other room. Attached is a picture of my GL demo derby car for this Sunday at the Anoka County Fair. Uh, my 2019 demo derby season did not start off how I wanted with my first derby of the year getting canceled last Saturday in Wabasha, Minnesota due oh, to weather. Yeah. Hopefully this weekend the weather is better so I can get the GL demo derby car onto the track. Wish me luck. Cheers, Matt. Good luck. Good luck. Now, here, Matt, here. I'm... It, it, am I wrong? Is Matt think he's going to run that at numerous events? 
Because usually those things are toast. Matt, by the Matt end. keeps that running. We've got pictures to prove it. He's had it all over the state. We met him at the fair last yeah, year. I might yeah. have to come back into town early and go up to the Anoka County Fair this Sunday. You can stop by and see me. I don't know how those guys can survive those things. No. I mean, mean, the hits, the body. Aren't you sore for about a month afterward? Yeah. I'd have to just lay on the floor. Well, we talked for a to Matt week. about this at the fair, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Plus, Let's, if you uh, ever get hit with the Malachi Crunch, you're it's over. We're going to be back here shortly. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. As a solid citizen of the state, an obedient citizen of the state, I do quite a bit of recycling, and I'm good for about two box cutters a year, so I'm going to France to get a new one. i got to get a, a new box cutter. Because I, a lot of times I'll hit concrete and, you know. Oh, just replace the blade, you dummy. That's too hard. You're, <laughs> you're the kind of guy that buys a new car if you need an oil change. No, no, that's not me at all. That's not me at all. But I agree with Joe that with the blade, yeah, I'm just going to go to Frats and get a but new one. they have, oh. oh. I, I, Kenny, I've done it before. I know how to Joe, do it. But I still need a new Joe, one. Oh, are you doing this just to frustrate me? <laughs> Why do you think Frat loves endorsing the show? Here comes Joe again. <laughs> I'm going over there to get scissors. Doofus. Have you heard about the, you know what I heard? What? In a suburb of Chicago, there is still a knife man, a knife sharpener, who makes really? the rounds. And he's got the brightly painted wagon, and, and the bicycle pedals provide the power for the sharpening lathe sure. or, or whatever you're, you're using, the strap. It's a stone. Uh, whatever. And uh, I would do that with scissors. All of our scissors are dull at home. I guess it's <laughs> it's the real deal. You bring out your scissors and knives, the guy goes down the block like the ice cream I man, do that and he sharpens stuff. How many guys here have a sharpening stone? Big old, huge one the size no. of a... No. Well, not a big one, but I have one that's I don't. about I have the size t- of I've, my laptop. I have two. Is that a tool commonly found in many residences? <laughs> yeah, can you work on your car with that one? <laughs> Could you identify those tools I tweeted yesterday? Uh, one of them looked like some sort of welding torch. That was my pneumatic uh, uh, rivet gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you think scissors are an acceptable anniversary gift? Because that's what she's getting. Yeah. <laughs> I did say if the, if uh, if uh, we had if every residence in the United States had the combined tools of Rookie and Roycey, every car in this country would be on the side of the road <laughs> yeah, in forty eight really hours, <laughs> <laughs> on fire, on fire, <laughs> and fall apart. This car doesn't work. We need to go buy a new one. <laughs> anniversary? Does that mean it's time for another trip to the makeup store? Yeah. Are you aware of the uh, Georgia Congresswoman, Georgia Legislative Representative Eric Tom, Erica Thomas? Have you heard about her? I don't know her. A Publix employee who witnessed the incident bet- oh, yes. uh, between a Georgia state representative, Erica Thomas, a Democrat, and Eric Sparks, told police oh. it was Thomas, not Sparks, yeah. who invoked the phrase, go back to where you came from. Mm-hmm. Right. The account completely undermines the claims of Thomas, who in a viral video last week claimed that Sparks told her to go back where she came from during a heated incident in which Sparks confronted Thomas for bringing too many items into the express checkout lane. The witness told Cobb County Police she heard Thomas continuously tell Eric Sparks to go back where you came from, but did not hear Sparks utter those same words to Thomas. This is according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In fact, the police report indicates that Thomas, not Sparks, was the aggressor, despite Thomas claiming Sparks made her fear for her life. Thomas told police that Sparks ran up on me and clenched hands in such a manner that he made me fearful for the safety of myself and my daughter. Wow. However, the officer who observed surveillance footage wrote in his report that 
Mr. Sparks did not appear to be irate, nor did I see him with clenched hands. He initially did enter Ms. Thomas's personal space, I don't know what that is, but backed away as Ms. Thomas moved forward and around the counter toward Mr. Sparks, pointing her finger at him. Thomas advanced toward Mr. Sparks a second time, at which point a customer service manager comes into the frame and waves for Mr. Sparks to leave, which he did, the officer wrote. Simultaneously, Ms. Thomas returned to the register, stated something to her daughter, then paid for her items. I observed Ms. Thomas' daughter smiling shortly thereafter. The entire confrontation lasted about 45 seconds, the officer said. Meanwhile, Cobb County police officials announced Tuesday they would not file criminal charges following the investigation. The police report showed officers were investigating for simple assault, simple battery. Isn't that something? What does this remind you of, Joe? Uh, the uh, woman uh, jogger who yeah. uh, alleged that the police were harassing her right. and they were weren't they were just trying to be helpful to her. And then they showed the dash cam With video. a tad bit of that Smollett story from Chicago mm-hmm. thrown in. Mm-hmm. Here's her original tweet. Today I was verbally assaulted in the grocery store by a white man who told me I was a lazy SOB and to go back where I came and from. That's be- all of it's a lie. Because I had too many, two spelled wrong, too many items in the express lane. My husband wasn't there to defend me because he is on active duty serving with the country I came uh, from, the USA. So when this story broke, all the media outlets were on it, and it was a big deal. Now that it's been proven a hoax, where are these media companies? They don't do the undo. They don't do the undo story. Nope. Well, the Atlanta, Atlanta Journal-Constitution was on it. Something called the Daily Caller was on it. But, but look very- at how she said all the right things, though, in that in your, in your that article there. The, the response to, I felt threatened. I was verbally right. assaulted. Fox News is on it. Washington Examiner on it. Something called AJC on it. Well, is the Washington Post on it? Is the New York Times, Chicago Tribune, Joe, Los Angeles is Times? is she going to pay for this by not being reelected? No, of course not. She will be. She'll be reelected. You kidding me? Yeah, that's the same state that gave you Hank Johnson, who thinks islands turn over. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. Yep. She's a pup. She's a a political figure, a public political figure. She's been caught lying. Yep. On tape. Yeah, on tape, on surveillance. A, a complete fabrication of everything. Yep. <sighs> Yet it goes. She was scared for her life, Joe. That's also a lie. Yep. <laughs> it's interesting that the officer noted that uh, she said something to her child that got the child to, to laugh Smirk, or a smile. A little smile. Watch what happens yeah, next. Yeah, hey, why? Hey, well, what, we'll what, do you think of, what do you think will come of this? <laughs> yes. Jeez. Louise. Or was she smirking because she had 11 items in a 10-item line? Mm-hmm. I think it was worse than that, though. Mm. It was more items than that. Oh. Say, I've told you for ages that uh, R.F. Muller Jewelers is the best place to buy your watches, jewelry, rings, diamonds, necklaces, earrings. I've told you it's the best place to have your jewelry and watches serviced. I'm also going to tell you that R.F. Muller Jeweler is the best place to sell your vintage watches, jewelry, diamonds, and colored gemstones. Did you guys know the estate jewelry business is a big business? I did not it's know fantastic. this until I went to Moeller's. Uh, Moeller's has been buying pre-owned diamonds, gemstones, estate, and antique jewelry and vintage watches for more than 40 years. All you have to know about the value of this stuff is to watch Antiques Roadshow. Well. Some guy brings out Grandpa's pocket watch, and the next thing you know, it's worth 250 grand. I'm sure and that's then, not how the Moeller's do it. And no. then five years later, it's worth 
five million. Mm-hmm. That's the watch I want. Moeller oh. are the experts. Expert. Their customers have an appetite for all things pre-owned, and they are always looking for diamonds, watches, and jewelry to fill that need. Give the people at Moeller's an opportunity to show you that they're not only the best place to buy your watches and jewelry but the best place to sell your pre-owned watches and jewelry. RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul, and Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or online at rfmoeller.com. Where did you get that, you dummy? What is that? Is it up there yet? What? Go go to your Twitter account. I just showed up on my Twitter account. Oh, my God, Matthew. You look like a young Republican studying to be a Lutheran minister in your wedding photograph. How am I on there? I haven't seen it. It's Table Talk with Rookie's Family. It just showed up on my Twitter account. Evidently, I follow you. Well, you better follow. Table Talk is a huge... <laughs> podcast is it yeah it is and it's a real podcast people we do it every sunday morning that yeah never mind that your wife is a saint that was at the hubbard christmas party that picture Follow Table Talk with Rookie's family. On you look like an aspiring insurance agent. Doesn't he yeah. just yeah. look? He's just amazing. Yeah. And when were you were you married in the eighties? Because Michelle's got a uh, 80s she's got the eighties hair going. She, got yeah, 80s. she had the eighties hair going. That was at the Hubbard Christmas party at the St. Paul Radisson. And now the picture next to it, it looks like you're on vacation somewhere. It looks like one of those times where you dropped about eighty pounds, so you're looking pretty good. That was on Marco Island. But uh I have to say Mick is va va voom in that photo. Yeah. I'm looking at my red nose. Boy, is that red. Holy yeah. mackerel. She's a, she's a, she was looking pretty good in that picture. Is that how a fake you, nose? <laughs> how did you how red did you nose. ever hook up with such a wonderful person? I don't know. He'll tell, you, he'll tell you during this break because we're going to come back with Johnny. <laughs> so why is she still we're with you? We're sitting over here at this one place. <laughs> Just like talking across your backyard fence. And this is a big backyard. Va, Joe Sucheret. So that's how we met, Kenny. Here's John Height. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Nine University of Minnesota football players involved in that investigation into sexual assault allegations back in 2016 have now appealed after their federal lawsuit was dismissed by U.S. District Court judge last month. Court documents show the appeal was filed Tuesday. Players alleged racial and gender discrimination, intentional, willful, and malicious misconduct, and deliberate indifference on the part of the school. Now former U President Eric Kaler and Tina Marisam, the director of the university's Office of Equal Opportunity and Affirmative Action. However, in June, Judge Donovan Frank ruled there was insufficient legal grounds to support those claims. A female student had accused several Gopher football players of sexual assault in September 2016 after police investigated the Hennepin County Attorney's Office declined to press criminal charges. Developers of a Ramsey County project to put high-rises in public play space along a large swath of St. Paul's downtown riverfront presented a clearer picture of what they've been working on the past several months, as well as an $80 million taxpayer price tag. Yeah, they only want $80 million, huh? $80 million. What do they yeah. want at the Ford plant? About $100 million? It adds up. Yeah. Just money. Yeah, that's all. During a county board workshop Tuesday, representatives of Los Angeles-based ACOM presented a plan that mostly coincided with the pitch they delivered in January. Four towers ranging from 15 to 29 stories atop an open-air shelf stretching from the upper levels of downtown nearly to the Mississippi River's edge. The towers would replace the former home of West Publishing and the county jail would contain a mix of market-rate condos and apartments, a small boutique hotel, 
Class A office and accompanying retail space. Why not a riverfront when you can pull up on your Crestliner from Rapid Marine to have um, lunch on the? That would have to be on the other side of the river, and we because already you're on a, a cliff here. You're we already a have a park but, over there. But can't they just airport? I mean, even if it's a couple of docking spots. The problem is, it's tough to develop the riverfront because it's always been commercial. That's my biggest complaint with St. Paul. Well, you can't really do much about it. You'd have to get rid of Shepherd Road, and you'd have to reconfigure a lot of stuff by the ferry boat landing. And there's already a lot of apartments and buildings, are there not, between Shep and the river? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but... They're I mean, fairly new, too. But that's what St. Paul is missing out on, is a a pull-up, a, a just a... Well, uh, it... It, there's nothing there that lends itself to that development. Minneapolis has been talking about the same thing for years. They have no pull-up. Mm, this is frustrating. Minnesota Supreme Court will decide whether the State Department of Natural Resources has the authority to change the name of Lake Calhoun in Minneapolis to its original Dakota name, Bade Makaska. The State Court of Appeals ruled in April the agency overstepped its authority in January 2018 when it changed the name. It said authority to change the name rested with the legislature under statutes governing lake and other place names. DNR disagrees with that interpretation of the statutes, says it can change the name. The Supreme Court said Wednesday morning it will review the case. Hennepin County asked the DNR for the change because Lake Calhoun was named for a former slavery owner, Vice President John Calhoun. But, but some, they didn't name it for Calhoun because he owned slaves. That's true. That's why people complain, though. Mm-hmm. I know, some, I know, John. But some nearby property Good job, owners John. He took the bait. <laughs> he took the bait, and now he's swimming away as fast as possible. Well, On May 24th of this year, there was a uh, editorial in the Star Tribune that I actually cut out, and I probably still have in my desk because it's fascinating, and I learned a lot. It was called Lake Calhoun, Bidet Makiska. Perhaps it should be named Cloud Man Lake. And this editorial went on to describe who Cloudman is, and the guy's right. It should be named Cloudman Lake because he was a leader of the uh, Mittawakadin, and uh, he was a he was a cool big shot guy within the Indian tribe. I like the name Cloudman. Yeah, 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 and he was a great guy and and a big deal. And uh, I, I think this letter or this uh, editorial writer was right. When, when did went? you when did you get a desk? <laughs> it's in that file thing I use to, <laughs> to lock up my coffee. <laughs> it's in there with my coffee. A large jetliner spotted flying very low over the foothills Monday belonged to NASA, according to the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. It was a large DC-8 painted white with a blue stripe and the NASA logo on the tail. It was spotted flying over Altadena at the height of afternoon rush hour in the San Gabriel Valley. Uh, NASA did not respond to calls to find out why the plane was flying so low. The plane evidently took off out of Palmdale and flew a 2,359-mile meandering path into central California and across Nevada. Well, they owe us to tell us why. why yeah, I mean, why not? Just We're tell paying us. for it. Yeah. I didn't know NASA had They planes. got stuff. They got stuff. Rutger Hauer, you guys know Rutger, the yeah. actor? Yeah. He's yeah. died at huh. the age of 75. What? The Dutch actor was best known for his role as Harrison Ford's nemesis Roy Batty in the 1982 movie Blade Runner. While Hauer's role in the Ridley Scott cult favorite is perhaps his most notable performance, he was in many other movies, uh, movies including Batman Begins and Sin City. Hauer's agent, Steve Kennis, uh, said the actor died last Friday. He won a Golden Globe Award for his role in the 1987 TV film Escape from Sobibor. His most recent movies include Valerian and The City of a Thousand Planets and The Sisters Brothers. Howard's television career included his role That's as... That's a movie? 
It's a hell of a book. I yeah, it's a movie. Re- I didn't realize yeah. it was a I think movie. John, isn't John C. Riley? Yep. I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. I haven't watched it yet. But can't recommend it enough. Is, Sisters Brothers. Is it available on uh, Hulu? I think or it's on Netflix. I think you can oh, find it. Yes. I know yep. what I'm doing today. Howard's television career included his role as Niall Brigant in True Blood on HBO and a recurring role on ABC's 2015 musical comedy Gallivant as Kingsley. <laughs> Never heard of that. Gallivant. It was really bad. Oh, was, no wonder. Okay. It, was, it was like something Mel Brooks might do, but not as good. Got it. Yeah. Former Nazi soldiers facing up to seven years in prison after German prosecutors say he appeared on a television program and blamed victims for their deaths while also denying the impact of the Holocaust. Soldier was identified as 96-year-old Karl Munter, who previously had been convicted and then pardoned for his role in the murders of 86 men in France during World War II when he was a member of the Hitler Youth SS Division. Munter, during an interview broadcast on a German television channel last November, said those killed in the French town were to blame for their own deaths. He also called into question that the Holocaust was responsible for the deaths of six million Jews. He said the accused did not dispute giving the information, excuse me, the prosecutor said the accused did not dispute giving the information to journalists, but he said he didn't know the interview was being recorded when he gave it. You have to rent it. You can't just have the service and watch it. I hate that feature. Well, just rent it. No, I'm not going to rent it. I'm already paying for it. Why should I have to pay more? Are you still talking about Sisters Brothers? Yeah, Hmm. yeah. Did you go buy a Roku like I told you? No, I haven't done that. Joe, haven't we done this story you gave me, Joe? I'll I'll gladly read it. Yes, it's a it's a update. It's just one more. It's one more uh, uh, expert. Uh, telling us how Berkeley's ban of natural gas is going to increase the utility cost for people who can at least afford the increase. Oh, there it you don't is, have yep. to read the whole story. Just give me that developer's name and what he says. His name is Patrick Kennedy. He's an expert developer who builds uh, high-density apartment buildings in Berkeley and San Francisco. He said the ban will add to the cost of living in the Bay Area. This is one of your deals where it cut off the end of each sentence. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it printed on recycled paper that's no. on the other side? No. no. Okay, no. Okay. Both one side. Uh, it, would, uh, yeah, yep. it would cost a lot more. Three to 4000 per family per year. Oh, well, that's a like. lot of money. That's Hell a lot yeah, of money for a family. That's 300 a month. But that's ruling from the salon. Uh, yeah. We're going to save the earth. We don't care that you're trying to put food on your family. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A man has died after reportedly filming himself swallowing poisonous centipedes and geckos while they were living. Well, he should die then, John. He's a Chinese vlogger named only by his surname, Sun. I got two million hits, though. What did he eat? He ate poisonous centipedes and geckos while they were still living. You're a single mother with two children, which is the toughest job in America as far as I'm concerned. If I saw those things You're working hard to put food on your family. There you go. Your turn. No, I'm done. Never no. mind. The hell with it. If you saw that on a plate, you would devour it. No, it I was, was... going to tell you I'd throw aquacide pellets at it. Ah, I... You want to see that stuff crawling up my beach, you're going to get aquacided. Can, can I use it in my basement? Yeah. I think I saw one in my basement. Aquacide has been keeping uh, or helping people maintain Great Lake Shores for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of everything from weeds to algae. Not only, not only the products, but you can buy cutters and rakes from uh, Aquaside. Did you know that? I did not they know that. They got everything you need to keep a beach clean. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away. And Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for you, your family, the fish, the water. So don't let lakes overtake, don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. You don't need to. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify the weed problem. 
and make sure your place looks great all summer long and there's lots of summer left. You can call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Shipping is free and these uh, Aquaside pellets begin working right away. A sheriff's horse and four police officers were injured when a drunken fight erupted Sunday night at a busy county fair in California. Mongo? Was it Mongo? Mongo Mongo who hit the horse? The Stanislaus County Sheriff's Department said on Facebook the brawl broke out around 10 o'clock near a beer booth, of course, at the Stanislaus County Fair in Turlock, California. A group of men who authorities said appeared to be intoxicated and who were wearing gang attire were told they needed to leave the fair. That sparked an altercation that drew a larger crowd. As the brawl escalated, one man was knocked over by one of the sheriff's horses. According to the sheriff's report, that subject got back up, was upset his beer had been spilled. Ooh, that's a, that's a yeah. shooting. Yeah. Mongo only pawn in Game of Life. He yeah. proceeded to punch Maximus, the police horse, in the rear end and was subsequently arrested. Total of five people arrested, including the man who punched Maximus. Uh, the sheriff's department said Monday that Maximus was recovering by running around the pasture and eating some got alpha punched alpha. in the rear end. He's lucky what? he didn't get kicked. Kicked. That's what I thought. When like I the guy in Maryland. Story. Yes. Yes. That's mm-hmm. a groin kicking for real. An Australian driver. Yeah. This this was uh, this was a pretty easy drug bust, according to Australian police in, Sid- in Sydney. Uh, they arrested a man after he crashed his van into a parked police patrol car. The van, six hundred pounds of methamphetamine inside, worth Whoa. about one point four million dollars. Chief Inspector Glenn Baker said this would have to be one of the easiest drug busts a New South Wales police has ever made. The driver of the vehicle identified as 28-year-old Simon Tu was tracked down by police right after the crash. Surveillance video taken outside the station showed the van driven by him traveling down the street, running into the parked police car, pulling, backing out, and continuing on his way. No one was injured in the collision, police say, but the driver has been charged with having a large commercial drug supply, negligent driving, and refusing to give information to police. Any word from the uh, Frankencamp? No word at all from the uh, Frankencamp nor the Klobuchar camp. Right. I think Amy will come on. Well, we she gotta, sent me an email right away. Well, she was, just was a was, little... I read it. It, yeah, was, I remember uh, that. it was the forum email. The automatic <laughs> It's amazing that Al did the right thing, and now everybody's bummed out that he did the right thing. Yeah. It, it's it's weird. Strange situation. I have no sympathy for him, but I, I would uh, certainly uh, love to chat with him about what his take is on the current state of affairs. I, I don't think I'd even want to talk politics with him. Just the interesting life he's led uh, prior to politics is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it blows me away that he did the right thing, and now everybody's ruining that decision. Well, because they're introducing the theory of relativity to it. What he did is, they're saying, is nothing compared to some horrific things we keep hearing about. He took the high road and did the right thing. That's fine with me. Yeah, no need, no need to get upset, Kenny. Well, it's come yeah, on. To take it easy, Kenny. Wow, because well, I yelling at about Joe? a year ago. You did you not take your pills? Uh, Say uh, thank you very much. Do you? Uh, I expect audio challenges tomorrow for Positive Thursday. Positive Thursday. God, that's homework. Audio challenges, and I hope we don't tailspin into another Thursday like we had last Thursday yeah. when it was very difficult for me to be positive. <laughs> yeah. Water. Getting How many listeners did you drive away that day? Oh, thousands. Yeah. Thousands. Water over the bridge. Yeah. Under the bridge. Well, I'm not going to be party to a chanting <laughs> crowd. Sorry. Through yeah. the bridge. Joe. Yeah. Joe. Right. Don't, Joe. Not again, Joe. Joe. No. Don't again, Joe. Don't do it again. GL Joe at garagelogic.com. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> you got that? 
Okay, folks. Hey, three stores, RF Muller, three locations. Is that right? Well, you know there are. Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, Gabaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, Two. and 50th in France in Edina. Thank three. you. Watch my Twitter account uh, today and tomorrow for a discount code that you will be able to use Sweet. while ordering beans from thecoffeegrounds.com. Here, here. As soon as I get that code, I will pass it on to y'all. Are you going to retweet that table talk thing? I, I might have to. It's a real podcast, folks. We're not joking oh, here. It's a sister. It's a real, it's a sister podcast to Garage Logic. Find more Table Talk with Rookie's Family on Podcast One. GarageLogic.com. That's home base, baby, for all things Garage Logic.